Welcome, friends, to Finding Her, a podcast that dives deep into personal development, creating a brand and business, self-management skills, and how to build that damn village, to name a few. I am your host, Julia Busby, a special education teacher by day that is working hard at building a brand, business, and community that will bring awareness and personal growth through weekly episodes. These weekly episodes will entail discussing topics we all have a hard time talking about in society. Just like you, I am a human juggler in this life, a wife who despises housework, and a mother of three. My passion is to serve others. So are you ready to learn? Let's do this. This episode of Finding Her is brought to you by Spotify. On Spotify, you can listen to all your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account, friends. It has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the best one on planet Earth, Finding Her. (laughs) On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to offline wherever you are. Easily share what you're listening to with your friends on the gram. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app. Search for your favorite podcasts, Finding Her on Spotify, or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of Finding Her. Duh. Welcome to the show, Renee. Thank you for having me. Yes, and like I ask everyone, all my listeners know, what are you grateful for today? Today, I am grateful for friends who challenge me. Oh, I like that. I'm grateful for my friends that reach out when they know that Julia has been more quiet this week, or maybe the look on her face (laughs) at work looks a little bit concerning. So they come out of their way and check in. Even that's a small text, a small note on my desk at work, an email, um, knowing that people out there, your, your circle care is what I'm grateful for. All right. So you're amazing. Saw you on <laughs> you. TEDx Talk in Wilmington. And why I invited you to the show um, and why um, your application stuck out big time was, you know, we're really teaching our listeners, um, you know, the aspects of redesigning their life and, and looking and focusing on certain areas in their life that they want to maybe change or learn more about or become more aware Um, and disordered eating and emotional eating and body positivity um, is a huge topic for, you know, I serve uh, lots and lots of women that are Mm -hmm. all like-minded. A lot of them um, are quiet about it. I know they don't share too much about it. Um, You know, I think society has treated us in a way of where you be quiet um, and don't talk about stuff like this. So I'd like you to share your story and some of your, your background knowledge on overcoming the triggers of comfort eating. Ah, okay. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I spent 40 years on a diet. My, uh, That's a first, long time. It is. Obviously, I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started my first diet when I was 10. And don't rag on my mother. She thought that if we figured that out then then it wouldn't be a problem. You know, I'd go forward, I'd learn how to eat properly and I wouldn't struggle with my weight. (sighs) 
would that it have worked, right? Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, she wasn't very good at it either. And um, so we, we dieted all through junior high and my high school years. And, you know, it, it, the diets always worked. It's just that when we finished one, it was like, oh, yay, now we can have whatever we want. So we went back to the way we ate before. And uh -oh. you fell off yeah. the diet wagon. Oh, yeah, many times, many <laughs> times. <laughs> and, you know, in, in my family, the answer to every question was, oh, let's just eat. You know, if we were upset or bored or just frustrated or whatever, the way to soothe yourself was to eat. And I learned that very well. And, you know, it's, it's never cucumber or, or fruit or hummus. anything, hummus, any of those things. It's never that that you go for, right? It's always the sweet and the, the starchy good foods that we all love and mm -hmm. that really can mess around with your body. So when I was getting, I was coming up on my 50th birthday and I had pretty much decided that this was my last chance because, you know, as when I get older, we tend to, um, our ability to lose weight supposedly slows down. I know that. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I thought if I, if I could just get it done this year, then that'd be great. And, you know, I had, I was up and down the scale in various places. Sometimes I needed to lose 40 pounds. Sometimes I needed to lose 20 pounds, but mm -hmm. I thought, well, okay, let's get this right this year. And I started on the 1st of January and by the middle of January, I was off my diet. So I started again at the 1st of February and March and by April I needed a bigger size. And uh -oh. I was absolutely mortified. I thought this is not helping me get in the direction that I want to go. So I got online and um, I just did some, some searching for, okay, how do you overcome emotional eating? How do you do this? And I came across lots of advice. And one of them was, oh, only eat when you're hungry. Oh, imagine that. And I thought, <laughs> well, if I could do that, I wouldn't need a diet now, would I, Julia? <laughs> right. So I, I eventually found uh, a colleague who basically helped me hold, held me accountable. Mm -hmm. And in the process, we started looking at what was driving me to food. And once we unwound all of that, then I started losing weight and I reached my goal weight the week before my 50th birthday in 2012. Congratulations. And have Thank you kept you. it, have you kept it off then? Or yes. do you kind of fluctuate a little bit? Oh, you know, I mean, let's, let's not be, be foolish and say no, nobody fluctuates. Um, you know, I've got two or three pounds from Christmas to take off as well. But what I have kind of an alarm in my head. And when I hit about four pounds over my general weight, I think, oh, what have I been doing? Hmm, I guess we need to pay attention. But it's a four pound alarm, not a 15 pound alarm. Right. And then you're able to, you're aware. So then you're like, okay, what was I doing? Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. What, yeah. That's what did not... I, was it, was it going out for a meal too often? Was it some stress? You know, because cortisol will, will make you hold on to weight. Um, was it, was I just getting too much of something that I thought was okay? It's just time to go, oh, huh, that's interesting. What's going on? And where did that come from? 
No, I love that. And, and, and being able to speak about it and to take your own experience and share it with others that are going through the same process is powerful as well. Well, I think the most important thing is not to go, how foolish are you? You know better than this, you know, that beating up on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you're eating for comfort and you start beating up on yourself, what's the next step? Sabotage. Uh-huh. Comfort yourself. Go mm-hmm. get some food, which mm-hmm. sabotages your diet, which means you gain a little more, which means you beat yourself up. And it is just that vicious cycle, isn't it? Yeah. And it's yeah, not fair. Sure. It's just not fair. I mean, okay, so you gained a couple of pounds. That doesn't mean you're not a worthy person. It just means, oh, something went wrong with the food. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, you don't beat up on your car when it needs oil change or or when it has some problem, you take it to the mechanic and have them fix it. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting how, like, and then identifying identifying your trigger as to why your your emotional eating is key as well important very important in fact you know every year people make these new new year's resolutions right mm-hmm. and the problem is is they don't resolve the issue driving the behavior exactly they just say i want to do this but they don't look at What's going on that makes me do that thing that has created this habit that I want to get rid of? It's because it's work. (laughs) It's not, if we could just snap our fingers and then be like, no, it's not because I have this underlying issue that I need to face that I'm running away from. Yes, exactly. Because we do, we, we run away from the issue and straight to the refrigerator, don't we? Yes, for sure. (laughs) And then with the diet culture and all of that for, you know, you, like you had said, you were on a diet for 40 years. Mm. Um, You know, I think it's just setting us, us women up to buy products and to obviously when you're off of the products or their systems or whatever it is that you're buying into programs, then we just gain all the weight back. Yes. Yes. In fact, you know, there's one thing that I wish we knew about weight loss and that is There is no magic pill. There is no magic potion or exercise program that will make the weight just fall right off you. And that's kind of the the phrase that I listen for. If somebody's trying to tell me that this will make the weight just fall right off you, you don't have to do anything. Oh, run away. Run, 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 run. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's not true. If they had that, then we wouldn't have starvation diets. We wouldn't have all the weight loss surgeries. It's just getting what's going on in your body, sort it out, know what is good to put into it, get a little exercise, eat well, and don't eat, overeat. Don't, don't, uh, uh, as I like to say, face your stuff, don't stuff your face. Yes. And I love your website, pack your bags, pack your own bag, pack your own bag. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, cause I, I kind of believe that our bags kind of, our emotional baggage kind of gets packed for us as we're growing Mm up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to unpack all the stuff that we have collected so we can repack for the journey we want to be on. Oh, I love that. Thank you. (laughs) 
And then what other type of work do you do through is, do you do online coaching or? Yes, I, I have a private coaching and counseling practice. So I have some who are, you know, in the counseling realm and some that are in the coaching realm, but I do one-to-one uh, coaching for women in particular, but a few men who want mm-hmm. to overcome their emotional eating and lose the weight they want to lose and keep it now would you say that emotional eating is connected to disordered eating is that in that same area but i think it can be a a symptom of disordered eating yes okay because you're you're something's triggering you to get you to the refrigerator yeah i mean there a lot of disordered eating that may be some chemistry but often it's just a way to soothe and or to maintain control or whatever else is going on psychologically. And then, you know, just like anybody else who wants a little soothing, they will eat for comfort. Okay. Instead of maybe meditating or going in, maybe going on a walk or regrounding yourself. Right. Right. Okay. So something happens at work, something has made you upset. So then you're going to be going home and then you're going to be eating more than you should. Probably. Yes. Unless you find a way to manage that um, upset, that frustration, that stress differently. And then would the like, I'm bored eating be considered in that area too? Oh yeah. Boredom is a great reason to eat for comfort because I mean, True. true. We we just do. We just do. We want something to do. And you know, here's the thing, Julia. When when you when a baby comes into the world, it cries. What do we do? Feed it. Yeah, we put something in its mouth. Whether it's the body or the body, whether it's a bottle or the breast or a pacifier. We put something in their mouths. If they're a little bored, they may cry. We put something in their mouths. So from birth, we are taught that when anything is not to your liking, just put something in your mouth. Some people go from that to their nails or Mm, they, mm -hmm. they suck their thumb forever. And many people go from that pacifier of whatever sort. Some people go to cigarettes, right? But -hmm. it goes from that pacifier to a donut. Dang it. <laughs> or a, in, instead of a handful of chips, the whole bag. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because if a little bit made me feel a little bit better than the whole bag, or we're eating on autopilot. You know, we're just watching TV and stuffing it in just because, you know, it's there. It's, it's just part of the habit. And, but I always say, if you're not going to slow down enough to enjoy something, if you're not going to notice that you're eating it anyway, like watching TV, you may as well be eating celery. You'll get about the same enjoyment out of it. Instead of fries or chips? Yeah. Yeah. Just eat celery. If you want to chew, and I used to have this celery test for myself. If I just wanted to chew, then celery would do it. But if, I, if the celery wouldn't do it, then I was just eating for comfort. Oh, it's so interesting to be able to point it out and then be aware. So then, you know, when you are doing it and then mm-hmm. you have to take the step to change that behavior so that you're like, okay, I'm not hungry. I'm just bored. Yes. Maybe I should read a book. Maybe I uh-huh. should go 
do something else to get my mind off of it. Maybe there's another option that won't increase the size of my hips. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and one of the things, uh, particularly men, they like ice cream at night. Every time I ask somebody if there's something you eat at night, if it's a man, he always says ice cream. And I found this very interesting. And what I also found was that, oh, you mean anytime something bad happened, your parents took you for ice cream? Mm. Oh, do you suppose that has informed your choice? <laughs> so what I, tell him, what I tell him to do is, okay, you can have the ice cream if you want it. You can have it. But here's what you need to do. You need to put it in a bowl. You need to get a spoon. You need to sit down at your table, turn off the TV, and just enjoy it. And of course, that's not what they want to do. They want to eat it while they're watching TV, right? Mm -hmm. But if, it's, if the ice cream is the thing, and, and I use this with a lot of, of cravings, if it's something you are determined to have because of a craving, then definitely sit down at your table, lay your table, put out a placemat, get out a nice glass, put it in a pretty bowl and focus on whatever it is you're eating. Because sometimes we eat so fast, we just don't notice. Yeah. And then we don't feel like we've had anything. In fact, I remember Oprah telling a story years ago about going to France and she bought two croissants and she bought two because she knew she would swallow the first one whole and she bought the second one to enjoy. <laughs> And I thought, if you just actually focus on and enjoy the first one, imagine how many calories you save yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same way with ice cream or any of those foods that we eat in front of the TV. We don't notice until it's gone. Or at, at the uh, movie theater with the popcorn, they started making the container bigger because that little box only lasts through a couple of trailers, right? Yeah. And you can get a refill if you buy the large one. There you go. <laughs> and everywhere has giant servings. Mm -hmm. I have a friend that moved here from South Africa, and she said the, the serving size is just so much bigger than what she had back home. Oh, yeah. In fact, um, what in the early 90s, um, I thought, I'm going to collect some dishes because I thought, well, you know, I might get married eventually, but you know, I'm, I'm in my twenties and I'd like to, you know, go ahead and be a bit of an adult here. Mm -hmm. So I, I asked for my birthday and for Christmas, a certain um, pattern, China pattern. And the first three, the, the, it, they had a certain size dinner plate. The next one had a larger plate because they had taken what was the dinner plate and they made it a luncheon plate, but they increased the size of our plates to that, what, 10 and a half inch or whatever mm -hmm. and made that the dinner plate. So physically our plates have gotten bigger. So the serving sizes have gotten bigger so that it doesn't look lonely there on the plate. Well, that makes sense. Cause then it would be like, um, where's your food? Yeah. There's not much here. And if you, if you think about restaurant food, I mean, go great. There, there are a lot of people who, who won't go to a French restaurant because they say the servings are too small. And I say, no, they are normal size. It's everybody else who has the larger sizes. 
Right. And depending on if you ate lunch that day or if what you consumed for breakfast that day, you might be starving to death by the time yes. you're sitting down. And then you're like, what? This is the way it's supposed to be. I'm starving still. <laughs> I want much more food. But right. we don't typically we don't actually need it. We've just gotten accustomed to. Oh, so what would you say for your clients or people that you talk with? the first steps for facing or overcoming comfort eating. Okay. So when, when someone wants certain foods, I ask them who, where did you first have it? Where did that come from? Um, like for me, the, the trigger food was peanut butter. And after my mother died, I basically crawled into my peanut butter job because she and I and my grandmother, we all loved peanut butter. And it was just mm -hmm. sort of, you know, it, I don't know. I just did it. And then when my grandmother died later, I realized, you know what, this is not going to help me if I do this again. And I decided not to overindulge. But what I realized was that it was a tangible connection to the love and encouragement my grandmother gave me. Oh, the, pe the peanut butter was like a symbol. Yes. Ooh. Yes. And it was, you could hold it. So and when it she was no good. longer here, it made me feel good. So once I realized that, I thought, okay, she is not in that jar. She's never going to be in that jar. So how do I get that, that need met in a different way? Oh, you see? Yeah, yeah. I do work with children's behaviors. Uh, was a specialized program teacher for a long time, and it was autism that I specialized mm -hmm. in. So oh, lots of replacement behaviors. Um, you know, they're trying to do this, but they're not doing it in a safe or productive way. What can we do to teach them to get the same thing, but in the proper way? There you go. So it's a lot of this work, you know, that I do and, and self-improvement skills for women, it's replacing behaviors, becoming aware, teaching self-regulation tips, you know, all these yeah. things in certain areas, everybody's different. You know, somebody might right. not manage their stress well, or maybe someone screams at everyone all the time. Um, but there's normally like some pattern or some reason why you're acting the way that you are. So yeah. um, there's and, always a reason. Mm -hmm. And it seems the, the best idea at the time, but it's not necessarily always the best. No, or it's like the easiest way. Mm. And see, what... here's the thing. Overcoming emotional eating really isn't that hard, but we do have to get the hang of it. Mm -hmm. And hang I use as an acronym. And the H stands for, am I hungry? And if you are hungry, you probably need to go eat something. But if you're mm -hmm. not, then go to the A. And that is, what is the attraction to food for you right now? What is driving that? What is it you're trying to replace? What do you want? And the N, what is it that I need other than food? Because, you know, you may need, as you say, you may need a little meditation. You may, may need to walk around the office. or You may need to cry it out. You may need to cry it out. You may need a hug. You may need to go play with the dog. You know, what is it that you actually need? And then, gee, go. Go get 
that because that will fulfill you more than food ever could. Well, especially if you're just shoving it down and you're not even enjoying it too. Well, and that's the thing, you know, again, back to the craving thing, give your craving the same honor or that, that you're giving that food in that moment. If you're going to, if you're going to have it, sit down and enjoy it, put it on a plate for heaven's sake, because you're going to pay for it later. So you better enjoy it now. I love that (laughs) thing. I really, really like that. Ooh, yes. And where can my listeners get in contact with you? I know pack your bags, pack your own bags. Bag.com. And where else can we find you at? I'm on Facebook at Renee Jones, pack your own bag and on Instagram at pack your own bag. Awesome. And is there any freebie or anything we can get or is there, can we find that on your website? Where can we find that? I can put it in the show notes as well. I have something special for your friends. And um, if they will go to uh, packyourownbag.com slash friends, Mm-hmm. There is a free video presentation of an exercise I like to do called the compass. And it, it is an exercise where you kind of figure out where is it that I want to go and what do I want to do? And then it, when I have uh, in-person clients, I give them this, this wristband that says check your compass because when you know where you want to go, if something's taking you away from it, then you don't go there. You, you always go toward what will take you toward that goal. And that's a, that's just a video that will walk them through that. Ooh, I love it. I can't wait to watch it myself. <laughs> and they can also check out your TEDx talk in Wilmington. We can just look that up on, you can look that up on YouTube and enter. Yeah, just do Renee Jones TEDx and it'll come up. Ah, that's so awesome. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed watching that, but thank Thank you you. so much for coming on the show. And like I said, you know, we, we've, we're talking about body positivity. We're talking about eating disorder or emotional eating and disordered eating and, you know, how we've been programmed, um, growing up, you know, a lot of people say about that eight to 10 years old is around the time that they started noticing they were on diets, um, um, exposed to um, not liking their body already at that mm. young age. and just mm. makes me so sad. Yeah, but we've got to reclaim that, don't we? Yeah, and that's what we're doing. And you're doing it, I'm doing it. We're helping all the peoples. So <laughs> thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. You can find Renee at www.packyourownbags.com. I loved our episode today and I'm going to tie in all those tips and strategies she gave and link her website and her TEDx talk and all the things in the show notes. So go ahead and follow me on Instagram. Check out my blog at juliabusby.com. I'm going to be releasing a few of new blog posts probably this week. I have a million things to do just like everyone else in the world (laughs) Um, on how to's to talk about the body positivity movement in the series that we just did. So stay tuned. Keep shining.